Thank you very much, my dear listener, for choosing our station. This is a new life program coming to you from Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Today we'll be having a Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. The story is about Daniel in Lion's Den. Thereafter, we'll be having Pastor Stanton Nuthaspoon talk about Choose Him This Day during the Bible segment. To start off, here's a song, Hekalulangu, by Ziwani Church Choir. Amen. 
shukuru kwa nini sasa tusijitole kumjengea nyumba takatifu tutaweza tulivyoona vyombo kumjengea nyumba takatifu ondoka ondoka nenda mlimani mkate miti kalijengea nyumba na mali yenu yote nipate kuishi kati yenu It is now time to welcome the Bible in Living Sound to share with us Karibu. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had defied and blasphemed the God of heaven. After seven years as a beast of the field, he acknowledged the power of God. He had learned at last the lesson all rulers need to learn, that true greatness consists of true goodness. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to humble. This public proclamation, in which Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged the mercy and goodness and authority of God, was the last act of his life recorded in sacred history. Following Nebuchadnezzar's death, evil Merodach, his son, ruled Babylon. He was a wicked ruler and lasted only two years. He was followed by Neraglisser, who was king for only four years. Then Nabonidus, wore the crown of Babylon. But tiring of the strenuous task of ruling a great nation, he turned the kingdom over to Belshazzar, his son and grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. Under the foolish and weak guidance of these four kings, Babylon lost its high position among the nations of the world. Of the four kings, Belshazzar was the worst, living only for self-glorification and pleasure, passing his time in mirth and reverie. It was not long before reverses came. Is everyone having a good time? <laughs> of course we are. We always do when the kingy gives a feast. <laughs> Long live Belshazzar, Shaz, Shazar, king of Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> ah, General, you look unhappy, worried. Here, drink some old wine. Be gay. I cannot help but worry, Your Majesty. The combined armies of the Medes and Persians under command of Cyrus are marching against Babylon. They are almost here. Oh, listen, General. Uh, are the walls of Babylon able to keep out any army? They are massive and tall, Your Majesty. The gates and the walls? They are impregnable, Your Majesty. How about, how about food and water, General? Babylon is well stocked, Your Majesty. We could stand a siege of uh, several years' duration. Babylon is not only a city, but a fortress as well. Oh, my king is right. Uh, <laughs> it is impossible for any army 
army, regardless of how great, to take Babylon. And what are you worrying about, General? Hey, more wine for the General! Get drunk, General. Forget your troubles. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the Medes and Persians are camped right outside the city, Your Majesty. Don't worry, General. We're safe inside these walls. I told you that. Yes, Your Majesty. <laughs> The enemy is still camped out there, Your Majesty. Now, what are they doing? Nothing, Your Majesty. Well, that's what worries me. And they're camped behind that hill, just this side of the river. As far as we can tell, they're, they're just sitting there, uh, waiting. I'll let them wait. General, this party is too dull. There's a bunch of old fogey soldiers. I'm going to... I'm going to proclaim a royal feast. The biggest of all time. Go out and call the statesmen, the princes, the lords and ladies. Ooh, especially the ladies. <laughs> Let's have wine, women and song. Hello! Long live Belshazzar, king of Babylon. You're the keeper of my treasure house. I am, your majesty. Somewhere in the treasure house are stored gold and silver vessels brought here from the temple in Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. Do you know where they are? Yes, your majesty. Get them. Bring them to me immediately. Ah. Hey, more wine! Scribe! Scribe, 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 scribe. I want to make a speech. I'll see if I can quiet them down, Your Majesty. Quiet! Quiet, please! A wise and powerful king wishes to make a speech. Now be quiet and hear his message. Quiet, quiet, ho! I see these gold and silver cups and vessels. They are from the Israelite temple in Jerusalem. They are supposed to be so sacred that they cannot be touched by unblessed hands. <laughs> I say they are not sacred. I am above all gods, including the God of Israel. But, oh, oh, my servants shall pass out these so-called sacred cups and goblets to my princes and great men, my wives and concubines. From them we shall drink wine and praise the God of gold and silver and brass and iron and wood and stone. Down with the God of Israel! Wise and powerful God, a wine and merry. A bloodless hand writing on the wall. The letters gleam like fire. Scribe, scribe, general. The words on the wall, the hand. Who's writing them? Scribe, send those cups of gold and silver. No, no, it's too late. I'm doomed. Your, your, your Majesty, the, the hand is, the hand is gone. Uh, but the writing—it's still there. Can you read the writing, scribe? No, no, Your Majesty. But, 
But your wise men and astrologers cannot... They oh. read the writing. Yes, yes, come forth. Wise men and astrologers and read to me the writing upon the wall. Uh, we, we have tried, Your Majesty, and are unable to read the words. They are written in a very strange tongue. I will give great riches and honor to anyone who can read the words. I am sorry, Your Majesty, but we, we simply cannot understand the words. Oh. Bow the knee. Her Majesty the Queen Mother enters. Hail, Hail to the Queen Mother. Long live the king. This is no place for you, mother. It is no place for anyone. Oh, king, there is a man in this kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Yes. His name is Daniel. 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 Let Daniel be called, and he will read the words and give the king their interpretation. Uh, scribe, send for this man at once and fetch him hither. <laughs> You are Daniel? I am, Your Majesty. I've been told that you can read the writing up there on the wall and give an interpretation. If this be true, I shall clothe thee with scarlet and place a chain of gold about thy neck, and thou shalt be third ruler of the kingdom. Keep your gifts, O king, and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing and make known to the king the interpretation. O king, thou art a king of hardened pride... Thou hast not humbled thyself, but have exalted thyself above the God of heaven and desecrated the gold and silver vessels from God's holy temple in Jerusalem. The part of the hand thou sawest was from God, and the writing is his. And this is the writing. Mene, mene, tekel, eupharsin. This, O king, is the interpretation. Mene... God hath numbered thy kingdom and brought it to an end. Takel, thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. <laughs> Eupharsin, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. <laughs> While still in the festive hall, surrounded by those whose doom he had sealed, the king is approached by a messenger. Oh, king, the armies of the Medes and Persians have entered into Babylon and oh. are taking the city. Entered Babylon? Impossible! Oh, king, they turned the river Euphrates out of its channel and entered the city under the walls. Even now the army stands under this palace where the river used to flow. Soldiers are all over the city. Babylon is falling! And in that night was Belshazzar, king of Babylon, slain, and Darius of the Medes and Persians took the throne. I hope that if you did enjoy that story from the Bible in Living Sound, remember to send us your views, comments, and suggestions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001009Nairobi, Get up.
Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. I hope that you're enjoying the show from wherever you are. It is now time for the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Pastor. very warm welcome again. Today, our subject for discussion is from the book of Mark chapter 8 verse 36. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for such an opportunity that we can be at your feet again to study your word and to enlighten us to be a better Christian. We pray, Father, that you will open our hearts and as your word has been spoken, it is our prayer that it fall on fertile soil, that it can germinate 
and bear its fruit in our lives. Let your name be glorified. We thank you for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, Mark chapter 8 verse 36 is a common verse that many Christians say out as a memory verse. And some of us who may know already, Mark 8.36 tells us, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole word and loses his soul? You know, most often memory verses are said from the head and sometimes we don't take time to ponder on them. Like this one, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole word and loses his soul? It's a common text that we all say, and the first thing that comes to our mind once this text has been said, or the first thing that we reflect on when this text has been read, is to non-believers or unbelievers or wealthy people, people who are fastly involved, who are on the fast lane and are fastly involved in the things of the word. However, through my little devotion, I have gotten a different understanding and a different light from this text that can be applied to even us Christians still that many of us might not have seen before. In order for us to understand this, we have to read the preceding verses. Not to go all the way to verse 1 of chapter 8, I just want to take us from the um, conversation that Peter had with Jesus, uh, Jesus actually had with his disciples and Peter stood out. Uh, is beginning from verse 27 that tells us, Now Jesus and his disciples went out into the town of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road he asked his disciples. This was after Jesus had already healed the blind man at Bethesda in Mark chapter 8. So whilst walking after that scene, his disciples was walking along with him. So he thought it wise to ask his disciples this question, Who do men say I am? So they all began to respond to, to Jesus. Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are the prophet Elijah. Some say you are this. Some say you are that. But then when Peter raised his voice, and Peter said, and then he said to them, But who do, who do men say I am? And Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. Then this is what Jesus said to him. Verse 30, Then he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. Verse 31 begins to say, And he began to teach them after Peter had said that you are the Christ, and then he began to, to teach them follower. In, in Matthew's account, we see that in, he tells Peter, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon him, Christ Jesus, he will build his church. And then he begins to teach his disciples concerning these things now. And the other people who were around. It says, verse 31 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, he will rise again. He spoke these words openly. Listen what 32 says. And he spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. After Jesus had had this conversation with his disciples, and he began to, to teach them more about uh, him, the Christ, that he is going to be rejected by the elders and scribes of the land. He is going to be killed. And after three days, he's going to rise again. His purpose, his mission here on earth. He was explaining his purpose to the disciples and other folks around him. 
But when Peter saw Jesus speaking this boldly and this confidently about himself that he is going to be charged by the elders of the land and by the scribes of the land and is going to be tortured and going to be killed and then he will resurrect three days, Peter in himself felt that the words were a bit harsh for the folks around. So what he did, he called Jesus aside, said, excuse me, uh, master, please let me talk to you aside. He calls Jesus aside and, and he tried to tell Jesus, master, look, you cannot speak openly like this to the people. You know, some of these people, all of them are here because they, they need something from you. They want something from you. And if you're telling them that you're going to be tortured and you're going to be killed, all of those things will, will dwindle their emotions down. You are not to say these things in front of the people. The Bible tells us in verse 33 that when Christ turned around, looked at his disciples, looked at the people, and this is what Christ said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. This is where I want to build this point on that will draw us down to 8.36. We're still in Mark chapter 8 verse 36, the common verse that we always hear it. What will the profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? From Jesus' statement to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Peter here, in, in this case, was so mindful of the emotions of the people. Christ, you cannot say these things in as much as you are going to be persecuted and you're going to die and you resurrect. Okay, that's okay. That can be said in secret like you already told us. But telling the people openly like this about your mission and purpose is a bit harsh. Today, many of us Christians are like Peter. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul can also be applied in this sense. We want to please men. You cannot say these things in front of the church members. So you cannot say these things in front of my father. You cannot say these things in front of my mother. You cannot say these things because probably she will lose interest in what you're saying. Or probably she may lose interest in the gospel. Probably she may lose interest or he may lose interest in whatever the situation may be. What will it profit you as a person if you tend to please men? What will it profit you if you are mindful of the, of the things of man and not the things of God? Today, brothers and sisters, Christ is reminding you. Christ is reminding you to be mindful of the things of God and not of the things of man. May the Lord help us. May the Lord strengthen us. May the Lord give us a better understanding and boldness as we approach his throne for grace day by day to stand before man and to be mindful of the things of God and rather not of the things of men. For what will it profit you? For what will it profit me if I gain the pleasure of man and loses my soul? What will it profit me if I'm mindful of the things of man and not of the things of God? May the Lord help us and strengthen us in this light. In Jesus' name, amen. We have come to the end of our show for today. Please send us your views, comments, and suggestions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001009, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr at ek.adventist.org. I've been your host, friend, Is
Oh, oh, oh.